Hey podcast, welcome back. My name is Jasmine Wonders. I am one of your co-hosts along with RJ Rome. Before we jump straight into the episode, I want to take a second to say thank you for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment on social with your thoughts. And now to the episode. Hi, Angela. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to having a chat together. We are too. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Angela Cairns. Um, I'm an author. Uh, My first novel, Touch, has been out for just over a year. And uh, it's the first in a series. The second novel's due to come out uh, later in the year and I've had a little bit of shift uh, shift with my second novel because I was offered agency representation uh, for that novel so I'm just going trying traditional publishing for the first time uh, but I also love writing short stories and um, I write a lot of relaxation stories as well because in my other life I'm a physiotherapist acupuncturist and relaxation coach. That's big news being uh, represented. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, very, very exciting. Um, I had, um, I I was going to continue with a uh, self-published career because I thoroughly enjoy self-publishing. I like all the variety. I've enjoyed uh, learning uh, how to manage the advertising and all the social media representation and so on. So I've decided to keep a portion of my work self-published. The first book I'll uh, leave self-published and I'm going to use self-publishing for my short stories as well. So were you, did you solicit the the agency or did they actually find you? Um, It was, it came about in quite a strange way. No, no, I didn't solicit it in the, the normal way. Um, I was at a writer's conference and they asked for volunteers to put up uh, three chapters of a book um, for a workshop scenario to to, uh, make a pitch and that the um, agent would then uh, critique the first three chapters and critique the the pitch itself. And uh, so, yeah, I volunteered to do that. And um, yeah, the outcome was that she liked my three chapters and we we hit it off and uh, she emailed me the next day to uh, ask for the full manuscript, which had me somewhat stumped because um, it was the only three chapters I had of my second in the series. (laughs) Um, So so, um, she, she said, oh, well, you know, where would you say you're at? And I said, oh, first draft. And she said, oh, well, this was November. She said, oh, well, if you could let me have it tightened to second draft by middle of February, that would be fine. No pressure. um, (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. So uh, with the help of my writing group being my beta readers as I went along, I wrote and tightened and edited um, the whole of book two um, in that time. And uh, I'm very pleased to say that she was happy with it and um, we've signed up and uh, 
I'm on a different journey with that particular book. That's amazing. It was uh, well, it, it was it, it was a, a real roller coaster ride because uh, certainly um, a lot of my uh, friends in my writers group said you're not going to make it. Christmas is in between and you work as well and how are you going to do it and in actual fact how I did it was the book was planned so I, I wasn't starting from no plan I had a you know I had a solid plan there um, and basically I divided up the number of days by the number of words and how many words I had to write a day and I just put my head down and wrote them. Are you usually that calculated when you're writing? No no not at all. I, I'd say I'm more of a, I'm more of a pantser, really. That's what I was gonna. I was um, just gonna say. I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. <laughs> Give well, myself a it, daily word regimen. Well, do you know what? It was really, it was really interesting because I was very concerned that the quality of the writing um, would suffer. Um, but in actual fact, when you're writing regularly and uh, you're writing a, you know, you're aiming for a certain number of words. You just really get into the flow of of writing. I don't think I could have done it if I hadn't had a, a really solid plan in place. But um, yeah, it was a really interesting experience uh, for me. Yes. Was there any moment during that time period where you did get stressed out and you thought you couldn't do it? Um. Yes, actually, there was <laughs> there was a little moment when um, quite a large chunk of the family decided that um, they would come to us for a big family celebration on Boxing Day, and I had eighteen people to entertain across the Christmas period, and I did think, "Oh wow, that's taking out you know X number of words. That's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going to put those in?" <laughs> But, um, you know, uh, I, do you know what? I, I genuinely believe that, that when you have to get something done, you do get on and do it. You don't procrastinate and you do get on and do it. Does your family know about your writing? Do they yes, support? Yeah. Okay. They do, but they, they didn't, they didn't know about, they didn't know about that. <laughs> so, um, So, uh, yeah, but anyway, there we are. I fed everybody and still got the book done. So it was a good year. Good job. (laughs) Can you you tell us a little bit about that book? Yeah, it's it's called uh, Dilemma. And as I say, it's a a second series. Um, So the main character in the book is... um, is a physio, um, because when I started off, I thought I'm going to write what I know. I felt uh, confident to write in that setting. And um, so we find her a couple of years on, um, and the boyfriend that uh, she finishes book one with has offered to marry her. And she's really hesitating. Um, she had a terrible loss earlier in her life. She she lost a previous boyfriend in an accident and um, she's rebuilt her life and it seems really good. She's um, She has a thriving holistic clinic. She's got a good circle of friends. She's loving life with Mark and she just likes life the way it is. And, it you know, it seems perfect. 
But they're in their 30s, lots of their friends are married, starting families, and everybody's kind of expecting her to be next, including Mark. And she's not feeling able to move forward. So as his as he gets more and more frustrated, another rather interesting man walks into her world and he injects a bit of fun and takes off the pressure. And uh, she finds that relationship quite exhilarating. And she kind of finds her ideal world is unravelling a little bit. So the whole book is about will she come to terms with the pain of her loss and find some peace? Is she going to court disaster and lose everything? That's the dilemma. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this this is uh, Ellie's dilemma. So uh, you'll have to read it if you want to know what happens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no spoiler alert. No spoilers here. <laughs> What's more fun for you, a short story or writing a novel? Well, I it's a very different experience, I think, Um and I think if you're just talking fun, I think short stories are great fun because you can go on inspiration. Um, you have a, a short, um, it's, it's a short time to get your story across. So it's, it's fairly condensed. And I quite like writing in that condensed way. Um, and I think uh, they're fun to read. They have a real place. Um, for readers, uh, lots of people read on the train or, or they have short periods of time and to get a complete story in a short period of time is excellent. I like the discipline of writing in that condensed way and I like the fact that it's not a commitment of months to, to, to achieve it um, and I have all these ideas bobbing around in my head and it's really nice as a relaxation to just pick an idea or, or maybe a situation triggers a thought or I'll read something that triggers a thought. I love writing prompts, for, for example. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy writing short stories. Um, and uh, I, I have a newsletter that, that I write every month and I try to include a short story in that newsletter. And, and again, I think it's a, it's a good discipline to go back to when I first started creative writing and, and mainly wrote short stories. So I like to go back to that. And I think it can be fun to write something in 100 words, um, 500 words is nice, but I think probably my favourite is about the 2,000 word mark. I seem to, you know, when I'm writing free-flowing a short story, it seems to end up around 2,000 words. I've got a, I've got a little project going on at the moment um, with my writing group. We've we've written um, uh, anthologies to raise money for um, local writing charities and. Um, I've got a project that I'm working on at the moment uh, for myself and I've called it seasonal produce and it's going to be an anthology of, of short stories. And I, what I wanted to do was uh, take this collection of short stories, which are quite eclectic, um, but I wanted that they'll be arranged in seasons and those are representative of important phases in my own life and writing journey um so I really wanted to to draw together something that was not about me not life writing but 
representative of some of the important things that have happened to me in my life. And I've really enjoyed pulling that collection of short stories together. So do you view writing as a spiritual practice, like writing therapy? Um, I th- I think it has an element of that in it. I, I believe it's cathartic. Um, I don't think it's only that. Um, but I do think it has an element to it. And certainly um, a bit like meditation, I think it's um, a place where uh, I can totally lose myself. And um, I always come away from my writing, um, you know, feeling calm and um, it's a real joy for me. So, yeah, I, I, I think it has a spiritual element to it. I get the sense that you're... You have a fascination with like people and relationships and love. When with I do, go ahead. No, no. Yes, well, yes, I do. Um, I'm a I'm a physiotherapist, um, as I've said, acupuncturist, and um, I hear all the time real people's stories um, and amazing stories of just everyday courage and the the issues that people confront in in their lives, um, their relationships. And I think that um, there are loving relationships across all kinds of relationships. There's there's romantic love, but there's also there are also loving relationships within families, uh, within neighborhoods, communities. I think during the um, during the recent pandemic, We've seen outpourings of of love and uh, loving gifts in terms of people sharing um, uh, musical talents, uh, writing talents, acting talents, um, people doing community work. Um, so yeah, it, it, it fascinates me, and it fascinates me how it impinges on on people's lives and how it can change the path of people's lives for for good and for bad so i think it's uh, yeah i think it's a, a real it's a real fascination for me how does that fascination kind of manifest itself in your writing when you develop characters and everything like that yeah i think that um first of all with my character um i i want to have um a sense of their personality. So I'll have a physical idea about them, um, but I want to have an idea about their um, their strengths. Um, I also want to have a look at their weaknesses, and I start to build uh, my scenario based around the character's strengths and weaknesses, and I find that as I'm writing, sometimes characters surprise me because they'll um, I'll have them heading in one direction and suddenly that doesn't seem right or they'll react, respond differently to a situation, um, to how I've perhaps imagined them. And I'll think, mm, that's an interesting. Is that, a, is that a, um, a believable facet to their character? And I think because people are surprising and because they do behave differently in different situations, um, I think there's a lot of room to, to not just have plot twists within your story, but to have 
character twists and when you put your characters in different situations, seeing how they're going to behave. So, and that's the beauty outside a short story. That's the beauty about writing a novel or in my case, writing a, a series about the same characters. You get a real opportunity to develop their personalities over time and to see how they react to different situations and see who they become over time in relation to what's happened to them. Is there a situation or topic that's hard for you to write about? Um, well, I have, I have written about bereavement, which, is, which I think is a difficult topic uh, for people to talk about and um, to sometimes um, embrace. And it can be quite, um, I think it can be quite grueling to um, immerse yourself in a topic that's uh, difficult uh, like that. Um, so I wanted to address the issue. And, um, but yeah, it, it, it was quite demanding emotionally for me because um, it also brought up personal experiences of, of bereavement. So I think, yeah, some, some topics are, are difficult to write about. But I think in, in that sense, being a, um, a clinician myself, um, people talk about all sorts of things. And I've been a clinician for uh, nearly 40 years now. Um, there probably aren't many things that haven't been thrown at me and I haven't talked about. I was doing um, a live Q&A on, on uh, the uh, BBC radio here in the, the UK and there were live questions coming in and um, I, I had a question from somebody who wanted to discuss recovery after um, a, a gender change operation and um, the radio presenter looked at me and, and said, you know, are you comfortable to, to take that question? And I said, well, yeah, I'm, it, it's, you know, for me, it's, that's not a problem. And I think it's a real help being a clinician because on a day-to-day -day basis, you, you get used to talking about all sorts of things. I read um, that you went through a pretty bad bout of physical, um, a physical impact as a result of stress. Would yeah. you mind telling us about that? And because I know you write um, relaxation resources, um, play, yeah. pause, and unwind, and I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I use I use relaxation a lot. Um, obviously, I'm a I'm a physical therapist, but a lot of uh, physical manifestations um, ha are underpinned or are worsened by ongoing stress because. Um, persistent low, low levels of stress in the body or sudden high levels of stress have a massive impact on your ability to repair and heal, on your immune system, uh, on your psychology. And um, basically, um, quite, a, quite a way back when I uh, had my first child, um, I simply, and I had a difficult time uh, while I was having him, um, and I simply didn't make an allowance for myself to recover for long enough. And um, what happened was that, um, again, I because I'm someone who's used to coping, um, 
I didn't imagine that I wouldn't cope. And I pushed myself right to the edge of feeling unwell and tipped over into a bout of, um, of depression. And um, I was actually, I felt quite angry with myself because I hadn't recognised the signs. And people around me said, well, you know, would you have, if somebody had come to you explaining the situation you were in, would you have said to them, well, you know, you've just got to get on, you've just got to work harder and, and cope? And, of course, I wouldn't. And so the question that was posed to me at that time was, well, if you wouldn't suggest that for other people, why did you impose it on yourself? Um, who was the voice in your head that was driving you? And, um, you know, I, I, I had to work through those questions of, of where my validation came from and um, and look, I don't think of myself as a stupid person, and I understood this concept intellectually, but it was extremely difficult to actually play it out in everyday life. And um, I was unwell uh, periodically, um, well, a couple more times in a similar scenario before I really got a handle on um, correctly assessing my work-life balance feeling comfortable to say no to people when they asked me to do something, um, right to the point where um, I had to practice in the mirror. You know, I had to practice saying, well, thank you very much for asking me. I'm flattered. Unfortunately, my diary's full at the moment. But if you'd like to ask me again next year, I'd be happy to, you know, give me some notice. I'll be happy to do that. I had to practice these positive refusals um, and, uh, yeah, over the years, I've got better and better at it. Recently, um, uh, the pandemic's been a very um, strange situation. Um, we had to move the clinic from being a hands-on holistic clinic into being an online clinic virtually overnight. We produced a lot of resources for, for the community. Um, we had a lot of people who were extremely anxious as well. Um, so again, I went through a period of working um, very hard. And I think, um, although I didn't feel stressed, um, I did end up having a, a very severe form of migraine that ended, uh, ended up in hospital. And I'm quite sure that probably once again, fatigue and, and stress was probably, you know, a part of that. So I think we just have to constantly watch ourselves and uh, we constantly have to practice self-compassion and well-being. Um, and, and even if we're quite expert in the field, it can still catch us out. So I think we just have to be watchful of how we're looking after ourselves. I can totally relate because I have gone through periods of this and we, I, I always say I'm my own worst enemy. So I'm trying to get better with things um, stress-wise, but it is hard. So is there anything you can recommend for a, a writer um, as a stress reliever, something maybe you, you do yourself? Yeah, I'm, I make sure I get up from my workstation uh, on a regular basis every hour, and I don't leave that to chance. I do set an alarm um, you can set an alarm on watches, phones, um, your, your um, smart speaker. They'll all set alarms for you. And I get up and move. 
um, I maybe will, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a garden, so I'll maybe get up and walk in the garden. Uh, one of the things I love doing is putting on some music and dancing. And um, I just get up and dance, uh, you know, for two or three minutes or whatever track I've chosen to put on. I'll just get up and dance. Um, I find dancing a, a great a stress buster. I love um, that. So I do that. I, I, um, yeah, I, I put a small clip up on social media. I was at home by myself one day and I was writing and I'd mentioned this uh, a couple of times in, in different uh, places, particularly when I've been doing some uh, Facebook lives for the physio clinic. And I'd spoken about pause breaks and getting up and dancing. And loads of people had said to me, yeah, right, come on, you know, let's see it. Um, anyway, I was at home by myself and I got up to dance. And there was a really good track, an Elvis Presley track. I love Elvis. And a little less conversation, a little more action. And I thought, well, how appropriate is that? There you go. <laughs> so I <laughs> I got up and danced and look it was it was really it was really uh fun and uh, I think a lot of people engaged with that and um I think it's uh, it's about finding something that makes you feel joyful <clears throat> and whether that's going out and looking the flowers whether it's stopping for a few minutes and reading dancing um whatever it is I think something that makes you feel joyful and I'm a great believer in daydreaming so I think we should all give ourselves regularly through the day five, ten minutes to daydream and to just go back to a place or a time or um, an incident that's made us feel comfortable and uh, well um, supported and go back and relive it and, and relive it in as much detail as you can, the, the smell, the taste, the, the temperature. Um, to and, and take your mind back there and trigger all those lovely chemicals. And I think the better you get at it, you can actually just trigger those chemicals and trigger that feeling of relaxation just by intending to do it. I think sometimes you don't even have to go there once you get practiced at it. And that's partly what my relaxation stories are about. It's helping people to um, go back into those situations, beaches, walks in the wood, family time, uh, swimming in the pool, um, dancing. It, it's to help um, produce that depth of, of uh, remembering. Um, and as people get good at it, they won't need my scripts anymore. They'll be able to use their, their own memories, but uh, just get people started to have somebody... Uh, narrating something for them can be really helpful so yeah I'm a great believer in awarding yourself a few minutes um, morning afternoon and evening to daydream that's great great advice thank you how much do you think of one's past plays a role in the way I guess as an author you would write a story yeah I I think inevitably part of the essential you comes out in your writing um, because you're probably going to write about your um, your passions and um, and the way you view the world um, is influenced by your past 
And I, I don't think, I think we learn a lot from negative and from positive experiences. Um, and I think we probably carry that through. A lot of writing has a message to it. Um, but I think as well, um, writing is a wonderful way um, also to write about um, how you would like things to be, how you how you perceive them, you know, to be to be wonderful too. So I think we have a a, a great opportunity to 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 not uh, just share the benefit of our life experiences or um, the the wonderful influences we've had or the negative influences we've had or something that we're passionate about. But it's a great opportunity as well to play forward and to uh, write down how we imagine we'd like life to be or how we imagine something may work out. Uh, there may be a redemptive quality to our writing that we would we would like to see happening in the, the world around us. And I think um, I think all those qualities are, are really important. So I think, yeah, we, we do inevitably draw on our own life experience. But I think as well we draw on our we draw on our imagination and uh, we use those two things combined to create a new world that, that we present to our readers. When writing about something, because I'm getting the sense too that you write from, I guess, in personal experience. So when writing like that, do you feel sort of a, a sense of pressure or responsibility to tell the story the right way? Um, I think that... Um, we, we've discussed this amongst uh, my writing group. We, we've we've had a lot of discussion about this because some some of the writers in in my writing group are, are in fact writing memoirs or um, you know life life writing, and um, I think that we can only represent the story. Um, as honestly as we can from the point of view that we're writing from. And I think if we have concerns that we haven't fully or we, we realise that the story, there are different viewpoints of this story, then we can introduce that in, in our writing, either by writing some authors have written the same story from for, uh, but narrated by two different people and have brought different facets to that story as a result um or uh, i've read a series actually that uh, there were five different people and the same stories retold through the viewpoint of five different people and you, you get different aspects of the story so i think yes as a writer i think you you do have a responsibility to um, perhaps present in a rounded way, or you can choose and make it clear that, that that this story is being told from someone's particular point of view. Um, and I think I think we have to trust our readers as well to be able to read between the lines and look and say, oh, but I wonder what that person would have thought about that. Um, and I think that's part of the joy of reading as well. I think you do read between the lines, and I do think you you um, make judgments about the characters and the things they've done in the same way that perhaps we do in real life. So um, I just think you have a, a duty to present the story as vividly as you possibly can to the reader and for the pleasure of the reader. All right. We have just a couple minutes left, but I, I do want to ask you 
um, writing aside as a reader, what makes a good story to you? Oh, well, uh, for me, first and foremost, um, I, I like in-depth characters. Um, I like amazing worlds as well. So, um, for example, I, I love Joanne Harris's writing because in amongst um, beautifully written stories, there's also a little hint of magic. Um, and I, I think as well, characters that chime with me um, are, if I have to be able to invest in the character to really enjoy the story, if there isn't a character in the story that I feel invested in, then it doesn't matter how beautifully the uh, world is written. I, I find it difficult to involve. So yeah, for me, um, the characters, the, the books are character driven, I think. Right. I would agree. Uh, evoke emotion or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, have to be, be relatable. Yeah, definitely. has to be relatable, has to uh, excite me. Um, I have to go on whatever roller coaster ride they're going on, whatever the journey the main character's on. I have to be walking alongside them and, and um, you know, and I, I think we've all had that situation with t- turning page and going, no, yes, no, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no. So, oh, finally. <laughs> Those are the best books. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we wish oh, you the best of luck with your upcoming um, dilemma. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me. It's been really fun to talk to you. You as well. It was great meeting you. Thank you very much. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Join us next time for a special recap episode with your hosts, RJ Rome and Jasmine Wonders. Until next time. (gasps) 